Welcome to the Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes PAVE podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. My name is Dorian Furman. I'm Meredith Berkman, and we're the wrong moms. And we are so thrilled to have with us on today's episode a friend and partner, Dr. Philip Gardner, co-chair of the African-American Tobacco Control Leadership Council. The AATCLC, along with Action on Smoking and Health, just a few weeks ago, filed a landmark lawsuit in federal court asking the court to compel the FDA to ban menthol cigarettes. Phil, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Give us the history, the backstory of how Big Tobacco has targeted African-Americans through marketing and ads and menthol cigarettes. Brown and Williamson um, Old Tobacco Company held a number of focus groups in the late 1950s, early 1960s, and compared black and white responses to different advertising. What came clear from that is that African-Americans really responded to TV commercials and their messaging much more um, than their white counterparts. All of a sudden, you started to see black folks in newspaper ads, on television, pushing cigarettes. You have to remember, this is in the midst of the civil rights movement. People are getting shot, being hosed, um, and et cetera. And here, the tobacco industry has black people as their spokespersons on television. Um, by the 1970s, it was all the way live. Um, they took over all sorts of the media, um, a lot of advertising in black magazines, Ebony and Jet. Um, they began to, um, what we call the menthol wars, um, great article by my colleague, Dr. Valerie Yerger, um, where it showed where the tobacco industry would drive around in vans with um, big speakers out of them playing black music and giving away free samples in our community. And each of the big brands, Cool, um, Newports, um, Salem's, et cetera, would all um, have their own vans and doing this. I remember living in New York City in 1979 and coming up out of the subway and um, running into one of these vans. At the time, I was a menthol cigarette smoker. And, and gladly took the, the cigarette. So um, their penetration is great. The second thing that they we have to keep in mind is at least 90% of all black civic, religious, social, and political organizations take money from the tobacco industry. And the tobacco industry has been buying off black leadership for over 60 years. Look, their basic argument is that it's discriminatory on our part to target menthol cigarettes and take that away from black people. You're hurting black people. Our response to that is no, it's just the opposite. It's the tobacco industry that is targeting black people and that's what's discriminatory. And that's why we're dying in such high numbers um, in the first place. We've had two big um, moves against that here lately. Um, the Delta Sigma Theta sorority came out and called for um, banning menthol. And then the NAACP came out in 2016, um, calling on its local chapters to join with other people around the country and fighting menthol. So there's been some breaks in, in, in that. 
but unfortunately there's still major groups that are doing this the national newspaper association the national action network tell us more about the lawsuit and why it's so important and why now i think the punchline of the lawsuit is that the fda has been negligent they were given a, an order in 2009 to come to some some decision about menthol, um, and they have not. What they've done is they've kicked the ball down the road. They haven't said anything about it. They've even um, given authorization to produce certain new menthol products. Um, they have not done what the legislation called for it to do, was to come to some the, the the amendment to the 2009 um, Family Smoking Prevention um, Act um, said that the first act of the um, of the FDA would be to figure out what to do with menthol because of its disproportionate impact on African American, um, Latinos, and other minority groups. That's what that, and they haven't done that. We're going to argue, and our lawyers are going to argue, that they haven't done it in a timely manner, and that the judge should put um, the FDA um, should should make the FDA set a timetable to get this done. Now, you ask what might be the outcome of this, um, and we've had some discussion about this. The um, it would be it would be problematic for them to try and do the same thing they did before. Oh, we're going to put out a notice. Um, we're making a new law and a bill. And we're going to give people ninety days to respond, and then after that ninety days, we're going to hold hearings. Those hearings will go on for six, seven months, and then after that, we're going to have a team of experts, you know, review it. And, and so we're you know two or three or four more years down the road. We want the judge to put forward a timetable that within six to nine months that this gets resolved. Why was it that in 2009, when all flavored cigarettes were taken off the market, that menthol cigarettes were left on the market? In 2017, approximately, the tobacco industry in the United States was a $220 billion industry, $220 billion industry. Menthol is about 35% of that. That's beyond huge. There's no way that the tobacco industry and the people that make money off people dying, we're going to let that go away. That's why it wasn't included in the bill. It is, it is, yeah, you can get rid of licorice cigarettes and cinnamon cigarettes and orange cigarettes. They, there, there was no money there. Menthol cigarettes was billions of dollars, literally. Have you seen a change in the tide? Have you seen that people are becoming now more aware of exactly how menthol cigarettes targeted the African-American population? And do you see more of a desire to get rid of them? What you have going on is menthol cigarettes are the main vector for death and disease into the Black community. Menthol is disproportionately smoked by African Americans, disproportionately marketed to them. And unfortunately, Black folks die disproportionately from tobacco-related disease. 
it is precisely at this time that if we want to save Black lives and if Black lives matter, then we need to get menthol straight out of the Black community. You have to take up the menthol fight at a number of different levels. State, local, federal, judicial, we're taking it up on, on all sides. You know, we all had kind of a victory a few months ago when the House passed the Pallone bill. However, in today's climate, it's uncertain as to whether that will go farther. But that must have been satisfying and revolutionary almost to have the House except to ban all flavored tobacco products, including menthol cigarettes. Well, I, I, I feel two things. One, I, I should give a shout out to the um, Congressional Black Caucus that helped push this through um, with that I've worked with um, closely over the years. Um, secondly, um, you said it very nice. It's not clear what will happen in this climate. Look, it's, it's, it's not even going to get raised by the Senate, let alone voted on, given um, what's going on. But it, it, it was a step forward. How can parents be engaged with the really important work that you and your group have been spearheading for decades? I, I think an innovative way to for parents to get involved is to actually raise this at their children's schools, with their PTAs, with their after-school programs, with their teachers that are teaching health. We went through this whole thing about what would be the best way to get this message across. You can, you can talk about tobacco in the history classes um, and, where, and, where, and what was slavery all about in the first place anyway. Um, we can talk about in the health classes and how this is, this is bad for you. You can talk about it in, in recreation um, and that how it, it's not good for, you know, if you're a basketball or a baseball or a volleyball or, you know, soccer player, this is. So I, I think how parents can get involved in this is one for them to become informed themselves and then to take that message to where their kids spend most of their time. You've certainly given us and our listeners a lot to think about. This is such an important topic and we are so grateful. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. We need passionate parents to join our grassroots movement across the country to protect our kids from the predatory behavior of big tobacco. If you're a parent and you want to get involved, please check out our website at parentsagainstvaping.org or email us directly at info at parentsagainstvaping.org. Parents' voices matter and you can make a difference. Do you have a teen or young adult at home that vapes? This is Quitting is a free and anonymous text message program designed to help young people quit vaping. Teens and young adults can text Ditch Vape to 88709 to sign up today. That's provided by Truth, the National Youth Tobacco Prevention Campaign from our partner and sponsor, uh, the Truth Initiative. It's the first of its kind program that helps young people feel motivated, inspired, and supported while quitting. More than 150,000 young people have enrolled since the program launched in January 2019. The messages include evidence-based tips and strategies to quit combined with real feedback from young people. 
Again, teens and young adults can enroll by texting Ditch Vape to 88709. Truth Initiative also offers free text messages for parents who are helping their children quit vaping. I myself enrolled in this program as well and would get different ideas and tips to help support my son. You can join the program by texting QUIT to 202-899-7550 or by visiting becomeanx.org to sign up. To learn more about Truth Initiative and its programs, visit truthinitiative.org.